Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode in our finale series for our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle here on the Old Ways, Shards of San Francisco. I'm your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and tonight we are looking at the aftermath of not one, but two masquerade breaches, which I'm sure will have no consequences for anyone who was involved whatsoever. Before we get into cast introductions, I would like to say thank you to all of our listeners, especially you, the Patreon supporter. We literally could not do any of this without you, and I know my Hellspawn are grateful, as am I. If you would like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash theoldwayspodcast, where you will find other mystical delights and perhaps some blood await you. And now, let's get to some introductions. To my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I play Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja, and it has been, we'll just say, kind of a fucking downer. Just a little bit. Enough so that Marcus had to go back to bed, which probably hasn't happened for a while. And uh, next to Marcus. Hi, I'm John, and I'll be playing Sylvester LaViolette of Clan Gangrel. And boy, do I feel bad for those masquerade breach folks. (laughs) Only a sucker would do something like that. Yes, only a sucker sucker. would. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the table... Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Rom the Shaman of Clan Malkavian, and I'm going to be reading the lore entry for Malkavian to myself first, and then immediately to the children that I have just made. Yes, about that. And uh, to Rom's right. Hi, this is Ali, and I play Katerina Bogdanovich, and it's going to be a long night, I have a feeling. Probably yes. And last but never least, this is Tiffany and I play Alex Giovanni and uh, I actually wasn't involved in any of the masquerade breaches. Amazing. Gasp. You do, however, know about at least one of them. So we raise the curtain tonight on the same dark and cold evening. Rom, it's been a bit of an interesting couple of hours trying to explain the Malkavian network and feeding and a bunch of other things to Katzper, your new child. You managed to mesmerize him into calm so that he would stop panicking and freaking out. And he has just been sitting there in his bloodstained clothes, repeatedly stimming with his pocket watch, perhaps making the indentation on it even deeper. And he looks a little less confused, but then he says, Okay, voices, got it. Do I need to meet other vampires now? Is that how this goes? Um, You are the only one I know. Yes, actually. Um, And I have a flowchart that I prepared in Microsoft Visio of the particular... Master Rom, you can do so much better. Of, of the various uh, relations in here. And there's actually a second layer that you don't share with anybody. And it's just like, which ones are dicks? But first, we, we got to hit the showers um, separately. And then, um, yeah, you should come meet some people. Uh, so we'll talk about basic etiquette. And then like some of the bullshit etiquette that likes not really important killed and then we should probably go meet my friends and also 
kind of the people who were in charge of the town and probably also um so so like our particular bloodline has like a dude at the top and um it's kind of a theater geek um and so like we should we should we should meet him uh i wonder how many of them are at elysium right now i'm good we're gonna we're gonna we're handling the basics which is like how to hunt ethically you know source your food you know in the current environment both by the rules of vampire kind and the masquerade and also the special rules that like i have and then we should probably tell alex and and um and jane and marcus and sir roger in that order actually yeah that actually makes sense to me that's that seems perfectly logical so are you calling alex while casper gets cleaned up uh yeah yeah i hit the shower sport and then i'll call alex casper moves off in he's stumbling a little bit almost like a newborn foal like he hasn't quite found his legs yet and then you see him sort of become a bit more confident in the way he moves and he's definitely gotten a bit of a glow up in the last few hours but he disappears and he's still muttering to himself something in polish that you can't quite understand some of it sounds like swear words but you can't really figure out the rest and you put in a call to an Alex Giovanni, who is currently sitting at Elysium going through the notes left by M about a certain masquerade breach at a church. Alex doesn't answer the phone. Oh, but it's me. I'm on the phone. Like, it's my name on the phone. Alex doesn't even look at their phone. Oh, that sucks. Okay, next person, Jane. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to be hurt in the corner. All right. So uh, I want to call. Hey, J uh, yeah, I'm going to call Jane. The phone rings for a minute and then you hear a evening, Rom. Hey, hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, cleaning some things up. What can I do for you? Can't really hang out tonight. No, 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 no. I got you. So, hey, I just gonna keep it short and sweet. Uh, there is a new Malkavian in town. Oh, no. So, yeah, I might you be did it. holding, uh, yeah, we might, I might, like, throw, like, a shower or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the appropriate party is for this particular thing. Uh, he's doing okay. He ate a dude. That was unexpected. Um, and you, now you he's provide, taking a shower. You didn't provide a first meal. Um, you weren't expecting a brand new vampire to need to eat when they wake up for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just really excited and he just went like right for the nearest thing. And I was like, I thought maybe afterwards we could go out and get a bite to eat. But like he wasn't really listening. And so he was just like, I'm going to go eat this dude on the dock. And I was like, ah, shit. Brand new vampires aren't into aftercare. Yeah. Just put it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's probably like a per clan thing, quite honestly. So, yeah, I just wanted to let you know. So that's what's going on in my... How are you doing? It's been a couple of weird couple of nights. Okay. Hey, do you need... Do you... How can I best support you in, in your... There's a long pause. Yeah. Don't know. Got involved in a couple things I'm not quite sure how I feel about. Uncle Frank needs a new table. Not sure you can help with that one. Hmm. Do you need cleanup after your kids? Uh... Yeah. I... Okay. That is that why you're calling? I see. You need you need Jane's cleanup service and removal. Well. Well, actually, um, other than seeing your smiling face, which is always a joy and a delight on every occasion upon which it is graced upon me, I, you know, you know, I wanted to make sure that I checked in with you, saw how you were doing, 
you know, if you were in a particularly rough spot, I wasn't going to ask for cleanup service. I actually kind of went over it with some Clorox wipes, but I know that you take a particular pride in your work. And so I thought that it would only be right of me to ask you to take a look at the area and see if there was any pointers that you might be able to give. I haven't, out of character, I haven't touched shit. So like, I'm gonna run around and go do that before. Uh, there, there's a bit of a sigh and she sounds a bit quieter. I'm in the middle of still cleaning up some stuff from last night, Rom. Of course. I, I'll let you know if I have time, but yeah, I'm kind of busy. Of course. I gotcha. I got you. Well, uh, I will shoot you over that invitation for uh, the shower at some point um, in the future. Um, yeah, hit me Make up. Make sure Let me you know talk to Marcus, please. Yeah, that's... Oh, he's my next call. Did you know that? He's at... You're kind of smart about those things. I just know how things work when you yeah. make a child. So... Yeah. We even have a similar rule in my clan, even if we do things on our own. So just do that. I don't want to find you and your child are in pieces all over the city. Thank you. Oh, no, no. I'm Okay, well, I'll talk to you later. She just hangs up without saying goodbye. Okay, okay, bye-bye now. All right. All right, I'm calling Marcus. So Marcus, you and Katerina went back to bed for a couple hours. We did. It was wonderful. I'm sure it was. Just what you needed to revive you a little bit this evening. Yes, complete unconsciousness. And uh, you come back to your phone ringing. I look at my phone. It says Rom the Shaman on it. It should not. It should not say that. Um, I pick it up. Hello? Hello? Hey, uh, hey, Marcus. Uh, good evening. I hope we, both you and and um, your. Uh, Her name is Katarina. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but I I was trying to like find a good word. Your retinue. I hope you and your retinue are are well. Mostly. Hey, uh, do you got any? You got any, you got anything you need me to do? You got anything that's on your plate that's got my name written next to it? We have been uh, discussing the wider internet. We should probably uh, finalize all that stuff. No, absolutely, that's good. And you know, we're gonna have a lot of help actually now because uh, so I did the thing that we talked about, and I brought somebody on board. Um, so Casper is my childer and, uh, and it's childer. Oh, what am I? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Childer. Oh shit. Okay. Well, childer is kind of cooler because he's, you know, he like chill. I can pronounce things wrong anyways. Uh, yeah. So we're all good here. Uh, we had a sticky situation on the dock. Um, but I went ahead and pulled the body inside the boat. Oh boy, and you should not I say got... this over a phone. <laughs> you took care of the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some. Uh, yeah, I got some um, paper towels. Good, good. And I suppose you're looking to introduce them to me. That is absolutely correct because I do the thing that is proper and right within the eyes of those in leadership. Certainly. Bring them by later tonight, okay? All right, sweet. Fantastic. I'm going to... I got more paper towels. So, okay, cool. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, Marcus just hangs up. He probably, like, lays his head back in bed and just gives a really, like, long, heavy exhale into the air. So, Marcus, you hang up the phone and lean back with a sigh. And, Katarina, I assume you've been hearing the one side of this conversation. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to be... There's no way she doesn't hear both sides with Rom talking. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's true. He does have a voice. Did I hear him correctly? And that he has made another 
He has. Who gave him permission to do that? No, I did. Oh, okay. I don't think that under the previous uh, leadership regime, it was flexible enough. And also, given the past history, we've lost a lot of our employees. This is true. It went badly, I take it. It went how it would with Rom. So badly. Likely creatively. They'll be by later to introduce Casper to us. Well, I might or might not be around. I have a errand to run with Sophie. Uh, that card that you took from Mallet's wallet, I will need it. To open his boxes. Certainly. I'll produce the card and give it to you. I'll get out of bed and get dressed. I don't really want to get out of bed, but... I'm going to go see Jane. Okay. So you get out of bed, get ready for the night ahead, and go downstairs. Jean just kind of waves at you and says, potential problem. Yeah, the issue. Someone bloodied up Fred's church last night. Yeah. Ooh. A little gremlin of the chaos variety. M's managed to keep security camera pictures out. They managed to erase them from what I can tell, but they kept a few for posterity. As Nosferatu are want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it could be a whole lot worse. Um, he carved the word fascist into Fred's head. Of course he did. Uh, it's uh, hard to argue with the facts. I'm on it at the moment, uh, doing what I can with cleanup. But just thought you should know, at least it's out of our territory, but there are people who are very aware that something happened. Oh, I'm assuming that Mariam is aware by now. Yes, uh, Edgar came by while you were asleep. Okay. Leave a note. Yep. And she passes it over to you. It just says, I'll take care of it. Oh, that, that doesn't sound good. I tuck it into my pocket. Yeah, she's pissed. <laughs> I'll just keep working on this. Uh, what about the, um, the other thing that we talked about? Which one? The financial situation. Oh, yeah. We've got all of that now. Good. And she points to a stack of folders. Okay. Uh, Malarkey's cleaned up, by the way, that uh, Monica's house. It's clean. So. Thank you. It's pretty yeah. important. Um, clearly, after my conversation with Jane, it's fairly clear that they've stepped over a line. Yeah. Happens with wild cards. Well. Happens or not, consequences are consequences. I'll ask no more. I have work to do. I'm not in a mood for talking much, sorry. No, it's okay. I'll uh, leave Jean there and then um, see what the night holds. Are you going down to the Castro to meet with Jane or are you asking her to meet you somewhere? Oh, no, I think she should meet me. At, I think Jane should meet me at Elysium. I think that is the best possible place to meet me. Because it's neutral territory. Mm -hmm. And there's... Um, it benefits us both. Yeah. Okay. So you put in a, a text message or a call to Jane. And she just says she'll meet you there in about an hour. Perfect. So you head off in that direction with things in motion for the night. Sylvester... Esther has left you in the park with the cryptic note that she'll know how to find you after touching your hand briefly. I have no idea what that woman is. No. She asked you for proof that Marcus is not a silver shirt. Would Sylvester be familiar with that term? Yes. Okay. That was the sort of Pacific 
branch of the German-American Bund Mm -hmm. in the 30s. So she's requested proof and she's told you that she will hold off on her hunt for the moment and give you a little bit of time, but she doesn't seem like the kind of person to wait too long. However, you are also in a lot of trouble from a lot of different places at the moment. So what is Sylvester doing in this situation? Well, the answer to that is not staying still for very long. So, <laughs> there's many reasons that Sylvester is a wandering vampire. And this is one of them. This keeps happening. But, you know, then he does cool stuff and then people don't mind anymore. Or, you know, people tend to forget. Or they react like, oh, God, why is he back? <laughs> that too. So how are you how are you going about dealing with one you need to find some proof for Esther or some way to convince her? She seems willing to listen at mm-hmm. least, which might be a bit of a surprise considering your previous encounters with hunters. But she seems willing to listen to you. But also you have a Curtis problem. Yeah, I've got a bu- bunch of problems and uh, this is why you, you, this you got is why 99 problems down. but a child ain't one. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> look, the worst thing I could possibly do is raise a child because, well, look at me <laughs> as Sylvester. <laughs> look at this creature. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, besides, vampires are part of the problem. The continuing continu- cycle of violence depends on us procreating. So, the plan is I am going to go to some old contacts from the war and try and get them to tell me things that I can just be like, look, 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 look. I I never signed on with anybody after 1916. I need you to tell me where I could find out all this information. And then I'm going to make my way to Elysium because it's a terrible idea, but at the same time, (laughs) it's a terrible idea. And everyone is going to know me there I know what I did was high profile, but I will be able to say it wasn't technically a masquerade breach. I did nothing inherently vampiric, nothing that a crazed guy on bath salts couldn't have done. And that's my story. Also, probably going to need to shave my head at some point. You know, it'll just grow back the following night. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) I'm well aware. I'm just like, look, the cops are looking for a guy with long red hair. So Elysium's probably actually the best place for you at the moment because you know that no one who would want to kill you or have a reason to kill you can do so within the confines of Elysium. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm going to have to let the the war buddies ride because they're around. There were a lot of guys operating in the Eastern Theater. But uh, yeah, I can look. I can, my connections can keep. You talked to a couple people you knew from the Great War, a couple vampires who are still wandering around. A couple of them are Oakland Gangrel, who are now wandering around in the parks. So you have a chat with them. And one of them tells you, you might want to talk to Olive. (laughs) That's the noise he makes when told. Look, I don't know what beef you got with her, but she's our information person. She knows everything. Any idea where she is? I can call her. She's probably out hunting somewhere, whether information or people or birds. I don't know. Please do. If you ever see a hawk circling above you at night, that's all I'm going to say. And they hang up. (laughs) He's just like, Motherfucker, you animal motherfuckers! Why can't you just be? Ugh. No, no, I'm gonna disengage. We're not gonna have that that argument again. It's the worst thing you can do in a gangrel camp. All right, so I look out for a hawk, and that's where I'll find her. Or you can, if you have a pigeon. You can probably send one to Mariam and Mariam will send her over. 
I... That might not be an option right now. Okay. Well, that's what I got, man. Thanks, Ben. I'll, uh, look, stay safe out there and, uh, take care of yourself. Probably gonna be leaving town soon, so if you see me before then, uh, let's stop and get a bite to eat or something. Roger that. Not liking it, but I'm gonna have to fucking send a pigeon ask for help from Olive. You head off towards Elysium trying to figure out how you're going to get a message to Olive without necessarily Mariam being the intermediary because you're not sure that would actually go very well. Mm, No, I don't think it would. And I don't think I'd get a yes, of course. Let me do that for you, Sylvester. You head off to Elysium, as many folks are doing tonight. Katerina. Yes? You get a postbox key from Marcus, and you also get that black card without any markings on it that he took from Mallet's wallet. And Sophie, now dressed appropriately, though still with that kind of drawn, empty look in her eyes, says, uh, which one do you want to do first? It is probably best if we do the post office first. Oui, madame. And you head out. I assume you have one of the boys drive you. So Herb pulls out the car. Annalise's door is shut very tightly. She has not emerged in quite a while this evening. But you take Sophie with you, and she gives you an address for a, let's say, an office supply store that keeps post boxes inside for people to use. They also have a small USPS mail counter for dropping things off during the day or night. And you go in, Sophie waves at the person behind the mail desk, and they give a little nod of recognition. It's probably a good thing you brought her along. And she goes down to this side wall, slightly out of view from the rest of the store. There is still a security camera. But she goes to locker number 429. Uh, It is this one. I don't know what he was doing with it, but uh, he would have me bring things from it. Well, go ahead and open it. She takes the key. You stand a bit back so the camera doesn't see you near the box, just her. Nothing unusual about her opening this box. She puts the key in, opens the door... And she pulls out a manila envelope. Is that all that's in there? Oui, it is what uh, he usually uses for this. Just this uh, post box. Sometimes there would be one for me to leave for someone. And uh, sometimes one for me to pick up for him. Understood. All right, let's go. We'll open it in the car. She relocks the locker and hands you the key back. Do you take the folder or do you leave her to carry it? I'll let her carry it. See her just kind of gently stroking the edge of it. Not even consciously necessarily. Maybe it's a nervous action. You're not sure. But you go back to the car and she passes you the the manila envelope. And inside this envelope as Herb is driving you towards the location of whatever the card opens, you find what looks like older photos, maybe 1960s, of a tall woman, dark hair, and she's she looks to be maybe in her 30s, and she's got a sword in one hand and you can tell even from the photo it's dripping with blood and she's got a wild look in her eyes as she's turning slightly towards the camera and then there's a photo beneath that of the same woman but from earlier maybe late 40s throttling someone with her bare hands and just this almost half feral look in her eyes the camera is 
at a distance, you would think, and it looks like it's barely catching enough detail. There's no sword there. And she looks somehow a little bit different. There's less of an edge in this older photo. Less of, you don't even know how to put it into words, an unspeakable sort of quality. And there is a letter, it looks to be, and it's written in some kind of maybe Polish. It's definitely Slavic, but it doesn't use the Cyrillic alphabet. So okay. it's likely Polish. And it just says Esther at the top. It's who it's addressed to. And then it says Lev at the bottom. I'm going to look at Sophie. I don't suppose that you speak whatever language this is. Do you? English and uh, French. Little uh, German. That is all. Understood. Uh, Madame, this is, I think, and she points towards the edge of the envelope where her thumb was kind of stroking it. The last one he had me leave. It was uh, not a reply. I see the edge. It is from him. Whatever is inside. Well, that is even better. To an extent. This is good. I will be able to let Marcus know that we have a name for our hunter. And I'll put this I'll put the stuff back in the envelope mm-hmm. as I'm thinking about it because I'm remembering the the poor guy that saw her. <laughs> yes. Because he just he got so damaged by just seeing her that I it makes me most a little nervous about what she might potentially be able to do to, you know, the people I care about. Yeah, that that change in the two pictures is a little concerning because there is a definite change in her edge, her aura. There's also the difference with the sword, of course, but just something is different. Very different between the two decades. Something something there. But you put the documents back into the manila envelope. Sophie relaxes slightly when you tell her she did a good job. And you drive on to the next of the addresses Sophie has given you. And this building is very inauspicious. It's down a quiet side street. You almost wouldn't notice it if Sophie hadn't told you where to look. It blends in with the rest of the street. And part of the reason it blends in is because there's no door handle or obvious door. Okay. And Sophie looks at you kind of tentatively. Uh, Do I go show you? Niece? And I will literally gesture with my hand up like, no, go ahead. She gets out of the car and she walks up towards this wall. And she puts her hand on the wall and then with her thumb pulls apart what looks like stone from the outside. Like this bit of stone in the wall. And there is some kind of scanner or something beneath it. Use um, the card on on the left, the left side of the card. I'll hold up the card on the left side. Or is it a swipe? It's a tap based on her gesture. So then I'll, I'll tap the thing. You tap the panel and a door swings open. It was very cleverly disguised. This this door, which considering kindred ingenuity over the years, doesn't surprise you all that much, especially with the wonders of technology. And she looks back at you sort of hesitantly. 
as if wondering, do you want to go in first or should she go in first? She's very deferential and very unsure of herself. Go ahead. You're doing very well. She takes a step forward into the the dark and a light turns on, a motion-activated light. And if you follow her in, the door slides shut behind you. And there's no doors in this hallway along the sides. It is just a very narrow hallway going straight through. And there is one single door at the end. And she motions for you to tap the other side of the card onto this door. Okay. And the door creaks is the best way to describe it open. And there is the frightened face of a young man, blonde, athletic looking, definitely human. He relaxes a little bit when he sees Sophie and then he sees you and he doesn't know who you are and he pulls back. Uh, I'm going to use awe on him. Okay. Just relax him a little bit. It's fine. He stares at you and kind of loses the tension and the anxiety a little bit. And Sophie says something to him in German. And then he responds in French. And she she looks back at you a little hesitantly. This is uh, William, Billy. We call him, uh, he is, um, was Monsieur Mallet's food. This is best word, I think. Um, And the, the young man pulls back a little bit. He's still looking at you. He can't take his eyes off you, but he's definitely shaking a little bit. I'm going to just gesture to Sophie to kind of step back like against the wall, right? Nonverbal, just step back. I'm going to uh, bend down. I'm going to coax him out with my finger like, come here. He can't really resist. He comes closer and he says something in German. He does not uh, speak English. Uh, Monsieur Mallet prefer it that way. Yes, well, I think for right now, we shall leave him right here while we get whatever else is inside. Where is he it? No, he uh, keep uh, doc- doc- documents, yes, for Monsieur. Uh, when uh, Monsieur had to go away, and uh, Monsieur Malay told him to stay here when we were leaving and to come later. Understood. So let's get everything. She says she says something to the young man in German, and he nods, still looking at you, and he backs up. And you see, as he turns slightly around the curve of this room, this boxy room, there is a little not alcove, quite more of an annex with a a bed, a camp stove, and a few other things. And he kneels down and pulls out a box, a lockbox, one of those fireproof lockboxes. And he looks questioningly at Sophie and she nods and he just pushes it towards you. Very good. And I will take the box and I'll hand it to Sophie. Is there anything else in here that I should be aware of? I, I don't think so. Uh, Monsieur did not need to feed as much uh, as he get older. So he was just supposed to be here for a few days. And he had the box. And that is the normal uh, procedure. I see. Well... Why don't you take him to the end of the hall and wait for me there while I take a look around to make sure? Yeah? Oui, madame. And she gestures gestures to him and he kind of tentatively goes towards her. He looks like he hasn't had a whole lot to eat for a while. He has been down here for several weeks. So he follows her and she's just talking to him gently in a bit of 
smattering of German, smattering of French here and there, but they go and wait by the door. Okay. So I'm going to kind of take a glance around and like feel the sides of the wall to see if there's any thing else that maybe Billy didn't know about. You feel around on the wall and there doesn't appear to be anything. It just seems like it's a very, very reinforced wall. If you didn't have the key, you likely would not be able to get in here. So then I will, I'll have Sophie lead him into the car. And I'm going to have Sophie sit in the front seat with the box and the mail envelope. She does. And Billy sits in the back seat, kind of shrinking away from you a little bit. And I'm going to bite him. Do you go for the throat? Yeah. I'm I'm mostly just trying, I'm, I'm, feeding just enough to make him pass out. Okay, so you lunge towards him, catch him by surprise, and you bite into his neck, and there's a little panicked sort of squeak, and then that blissful smile, and he relaxes, and within about 30 seconds, he's passed out, and Sophie looked back over her shoulder briefly and then looked away and did not look back. But he collapses in the back seat. And if you have any hunger, you can reduce it by one. Marvelous. That'll put me back down at zero hunger, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Why, yes. Yes, it will. The other thing that I would like to do um, is I'm going to be a nice vampire. I'm going to strap him in so that his unconscious body isn't flopping around in the back seat. So you strap him in and... Herb nods and smiles at Sophie, who does not smile back. And he starts driving you back towards the Haven. Meanwhile, at Elysium, Marcus, you arrive before any of the others do. It is quiet, more so than usual. Just the string quartet. Eight or nine vampires, plus Alex, in a corner at their normal table. And Sebastian kind of cocks his head and looks at you, but he's not sure if he should come near you or not. Yeah, actually, I will stride over to him. Ah, oh, Marcus, darling, please tell me you're here to liven up the joint, as oh, the kids say. I think I might be. Um, I've asked a specific member of Kindred Society to join me here because Elysium is a prescribed safe spot. It better stay that way. Do you need a private room? Probably would be best. Well... You have your pick. He just sort of gestures around at the malaise filling the room. <laughs> Good. Yes, um, there's a certain member of um, the Dragon Bloodline that will be joining me here today. Ah, I think I know what that's about. You might. Hmm. And of course, you understand that there are um, reasons why I would be here. I do. You don't need to tell me twice. Three times, maybe, but twice never. <sighs> Unfortunately, we are um, we are one less than we were last evening, and that is regrettable. His slight sardonic smile falls away, and he's not that pleasant young thing. I just give Sebastian the slowest sort of guillotine nod. I don't break eye contact with him. There's a slight spasm across his forehead. Oh, that is regrettable indeed. Yes, well, someone is to blame for it. Well, if they are, I know you'll take care of it. Just not here. Elysium is a, uh, a place of safety for all kindred. That's the rule. Good. I will stay out of your business, Marcus. Out of my business, but uh, an ear to the wall, no doubt. Me? How could you say such a thing? I show I show Sebastian like the glistening upper row of teeth. I know you better than that, old man. Yes, well, too many folks around here who do. But uh, don't worry, I shan't be obtrusive. I just need to know what happened. And I need to know what um, what the union needs to do about it. Very well. Union business and all that. 
I understand. Not my thing, but glad it's yours. I'll nod and step into one of the um, private rooms and message Roger and let him know that um, there is a matter of union business that requires his attention, if at all possible, at Elysium uh, as soon as reasonably possible. Okay. So you step into the room. Sylvester, you come in a few moments later. Don't see Marcus because he's already gone into a side room, but you do see Alex at a table. A couple other kindred who don't really look up as you come in. A couple of them just glumly doing the stirring of some blood in a glass. For the record, Alex did like still kick their feet back up on the table and is staring at the ceiling with like the papers under their feet, like didn't even bother to put them away. Yes, you see Alex with their feet on a table, which is a little bit odd. And Sebastian perks up because, oh, finally, things are starting to get busy. Uh, Sylvester, what can I do for you? You'd better not cause any trouble in my club. <laughs> Sebastian, I would never, bud. I, uh, I oh, know better. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Not in here. Just behave, darling. I'll send Mariam your way when she shows up, shall I? And he just kind of like takes a deep breath and it's just like, it's inevitable. I, uh. I know. Quick question for you, though. Mm hmm. Can group by the name of Olive, could you get in touch with him? Oh, Olive. Yes. She's delightful. Always knows things. <laughs> he just gives a tight, like, hmm. Yeah. The smile someone would give if they smell shit in the room. Could you tell her that I, uh, would request a conversation? So formal all of a sudden, Sylvester. Have you learned a bit of etiquette? I mean, I still got what my dad beat into me when I was a kid. But no, no, for the most part, no. Didn't think so. No, I just know what needs said, bud. So, uh, I'll go get myself a glass of blood and sit myself down. Okay, so you get your uh, O negative mm -hmm. for this evening and have a seat. Oh, I'm picking the worst seat, by the way. The one next to Alex? Oh, straight across from them. I am dragging a chair into the place because I imagine for some reason Alex had that chair removed because mm -hmm. they're pretty tight with Sebastian. And I have... Where their legs are on the table, mine are kicked out under the table, ankles crossed. Alex probably doesn't even look down from the ceiling and just lets out like a, a huge sigh, just like. <sighs> Something on your mind, bud? No. Good. Me neither. And he's just going to take a <laughs> sip of the blood. <laughs> I, for the record tried to get everything erased and lost from your escapade. Oh, that was... Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And he's just, like, gently smiling. He's like, I actually do appreciate that, bud. I also can't help you with Olive. That's all right. I don't reckon I can take out Curtis. Not safe. Not without getting killed myself. Alex actually puts their feet down and, like, sits up. What do you mean? Well, so I thought Voss would be game. So I went through Esmeralda, <sighs> pull him into the sewers and let the Alessandra deal with him. I'm just like, well, look, they're going to take care of it anyway. No point in me sticking my neck out. Plus, I'm the only person around here with the guts to actually go after, you know, the fucking fascists in town. So I figured, meh. On the other hand, I did meet with a with Esther. I assume you know who that is. Yes. She's real nice. She's, uh, I like her. But he's like, yeah, I, uh, I spoke with her. I imagine you also know already that she reckons that, uh, Foss is a Nazi, which I try. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to her the way, you know, vampires kind of get the same, getting a, getting in a little rut. Yeah, I, uh, I tried to track down a way to prove that he wasn't because that's all she cares about. Once she f has proof that he's not a Nazi, she's out of here. That's all she cares about. 
And he holds up a hand. And he's like, well, not quite, actually. She doesn't just care about vampire Nazis. They're special. They're her preference. But uh, she'll just take on any old one, kind of like me. But, you know. Well, I'm sure, because with her being over 100 years old, she's probably gets bored. You can look at auras, can't you? No. No? That's not a Giovanni thing? No. So you can talk to ghosts, but you can't? Yeah, we just talk to the dead. That is... That is a pity. Yeah, no, she touched me, and I figure she's got some kind of tether on me. Yeah, there's rumor that she has some kind of powers or something maybe linked to her sword. I think whatever it is, it's Old Testament. Just, uh... Look and be not afraid, that sort of thing. Ain't fully human, tell you that much. Yeah, she she often works for the Camarilla. She doesn't vet her sources, I'll tell you that, but... Well, he was high up at the time, so I'm sure that's all that matters. Or who knows what William fed her or had fabricated or... I... He told her that Voss was a silver shirt. Okay. Which is... I mean, how do I prove that he wasn't? Ask... Ask Marcus... If he has any proof of him fighting in the war. I mean, I I don't think I'm going to be able to talk to anybody anytime soon. Well, I tried to. He got angry and... It was a thing. Look, not everybody's like me. Not everybody goes seeking that. Not everybody wants it all the time. Maybe he's trying to forget stuff. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, war is never fun on our side or the human side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that uh, Curtis is too much of a challenge for you. I didn't think he was that hard. It's the Ventru toughness. He's like, he just kind of like rubs his face. He's like, every way I run it, unless I like set his fucking car on fire with him in it, he doesn't stop. And I don't have a bruja to pin him down. Mm. So. I'm sure Don will take care of him anyways. So. It's a Ventru. They're the ones that are best at killing each other. Well, it'll be sneaky anyways. I mean, probably far sneakier than anybody else so he'll probably just disappear leave town on business trip because of blackmail something like that yeah I wanted to say sorry that I couldn't do the thing for you that's uh, oh that's fine it's it's low on my priority list anyways I appreciate your trying and I'm sorry about Olive because my one contact is uh gone oh oh geez well that's a pity yeah I uh think I quit in town but I'll if there's any work I can do for you let me know yeah um if you need a place to stay I have several so if you need to lay low I have bunkers you're very kind, but uh, no, but I reckon one or two little things that need doing, and then I'm probably gonna skip, and I'm just gonna move on. Well, you know, after the the Nazi infestation's been thinned a little bit, that'll that'll be work, but that'll be what two nights. I can work pretty fast. The city's a whole, anyways. I don't know why people stay for as long as they do. He's kind of taken aback by that one because he knows <laughs> Alex by reputation. He's like, haven't you been here since like the gold rush? Yeah. It's too long. Maybe. I don't know. I can't leave. Been here too long. Yeah, that'll happen. Put down too many roots and then you just become part of it. Ossified. I got you, bud. <laughs> and he's just like looking into his blood quite sadly when he says that. <laughs> Too many good folk. Still. I ain't dead yet. Well, 
Have a good night. And Alex, like, kicks their feet back up on the table and <laughs> leans back. He just sits there with his legs kicked under the table. <laughs> the most awkward odd couple ever. So, at, at that moment, Jane comes walking into Elysium. And she looks around a bit. She's quieter than normal. Not her normal big brassy self. And Sebastian just kind of looks over at her and points with his thumb towards the room Marcus went into. She raises a bit of a confused eyebrow, but she goes in. Evening. Evening. Quiet night. A lot quieter than last night. That was a weird night. Weird's one way to put it. I might have lost my temper a bit. (laughs) Might. Might. I've seen Bruja under better control. And that's saying a lot. You got most of the film, Scrub, but you didn't get it all. I may not have been thinking. Clearly. Okay. Well, my sire David told me back in the early 30s that when a member of Clan Bruja doesn't think straight and they act out, there must be consequences. We are traditionally the most... um, passionate clan there is. We're eager to act out. We're ready for a good fight. Anytime, anywhere. The problem is, is that it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for acting like that. He was a bastard. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you don't have the carte blanche to eliminate kindred in this city. And you know that. Yep. I was called in. Okay. By whom? I was called in to help with the problem. And I lost my temper. Okay. Who was there with you? Giovanni. They're the one who called me. I will clarify. They did not tell me to kill him. That's a really important clarification. Extremely. Unfortunately, with the exsanguination of Chase and Monica was pushed over the edge and so last night was her final night her last sunrise I am officially laying Chase's death and her death at your feet you will answer for them to the union Jane visibly crumples Like she's been punched in the gut. I didn't think she... And she looks like she's trying to get words out and she can't. I agree with the first part of that statement 100%. You didn't think. You let your emotions get the better of you. You also left Annalise without a mother. Someone she was desperately connected to. The kid? Salubri Bud's real, real addictive. You know that, though. Yeah. So I've ca- I've called Mariam and uh, Roger here this evening. We'll wait and discuss what happens. She nods slowly. She stands up and her face is kind of drawn and haggard. There's none of that usual kind of sardonic humor. And she pulls up her shirt slightly and she puts her hand over her stomach on the right side Mm -hmm. she says it's right there if that's what you need to do acting unilaterally is against the union's interest I know but if it's what you decide it's what I deserve just if you do please look after my childer They didn't have any part in this. Well, seemingly, I'm already running a halfway house for erstwhile vampires. I'll wait until Roger and Miriam are here. You stay here. I stand up, and I walk out of the room. She nods, and she just sits back, and she doesn't say a word, sort of staring into the distance, 
with her hand clutched tightly over her stomach as you leave the room. I would like to make a composure roll. Absolutely. That sounds like a very good idea. And Bruja Bane, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one success. I have an eight, and that's really good because otherwise that roll is ugly. Yeah. Um, so I come out of the space back there, and I walk over to the bar, and I reach into my wallet, and I pull out several hundred dollars and put them on the bar. And I'm, I look over at Sebastian, and then I take a bar stool, and I literally just rip it apart. He just nods. Long as it's the stool and not someone. I throw my hands up and just walk around another portion of the bar, not just un- unwilling to make direct eye contact because I'm just so, I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave Marcus pacing angrily, his, the anger, the hostility filling the room as we will leave our episode here. Thank you all for listening. We'll find out the consequences next time. Thank you and good night.